Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Homelessness and homeless encampments have come to the forefront as a major issue in many centers across Canada. But what's driving the problem and how cities are dealing with it can differ from place to place. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Ottawa Citizen reporter Andrew Duffy joins me to discuss why we're seeing an increase in encampments, what governments are trying to do to address the issue, and why some feel we should look at what other countries have done for possible solutions. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Andrew, listeners are probably aware of the homeless situation or the homeless encampment situation in their own community. Like, I'm in Edmonton, and I have a, a greater sense of what's going on on the on the streets in Edmonton. But how widespread is this issue across the country? Is it kind of a, an issue that's touching major and maybe perhaps minor cities in Canada? Yeah, I mean, that was one of the interesting things about writing this feature. You know, it really became obvious to me that this isn't just a local story. This is this is something that's affecting big cities, small cities, remote cities. You know, just about every small, medium, big city in the country has, has experienced uh, some kind of impact from these 10 cities. You know, a small city like Belleville was in the news with news this week. Um, you know, and, it, and it's made headlines everywhere. Like Halifax had a tent city on the lawn of its city hall. And, you know, there's been tent cities in London, Hamilton, Montreal, Gatineau, Toronto, Vancouver, Victoria, Halifax, Edmonton, Saskatoon, you name it. I, I mean, no one's, no one's really solved the problem and everybody's grappling with it. How did it become... A fixture because it feels like this idea of homeless encampments kind of cropped up pretty quickly in the last six months to a year. I, I know every city's kind of wrestled with homelessness for decades, but how did this issue of encampments suddenly become a fixture in so many of our towns and cities? Yeah, I mean, it's really been striking. It's it's one of those things. I think a lot of things happened at once, you know, and, and we could probably start with COVID because I think that's what what made it obvious to people. Um, you know, and during COVID, a lot of the, the shelters in Canada were forced to downsize and were, you know, trying to keep people separate. And so a lot of people got forced out onto the street and, and that happened. But at the same time, there are a whole lot of other factors that, that played into the 10 cities that we now see, you know, because at the same time that was happening, you had this huge influx of uh, refugee claimants in Canada. You know, we had something like 128,000 asylum seekers last year, and that's that's more than double what we saw just four years ago. You know, it's it's a record number, and so that so then so you have all those people are also looking for shelter space, and and that forced some people out onto the street, and then you had these other things going on, like you had this huge influx of foreign students coming to Canada, something like 800,000 foreign students, more than we've ever seen before. And so they're, of course, taking up housing and, and all rental housing. And so so what's happened is, you know, we really can't 
build affordable housing fast enough to, to accommodate everybody coming into the country. And, and at the same time, you know, we're losing affordable housing fast. So, you know, the federal government says it wants to create something like 20,000 affordable housing units a year, but, you know, the experts say we need twice that many. So we just can't keep up, you know, and, and then, and then at the same time, you have the opioid crisis layered on top of that. And that's just made everything worse. It's just deepened the crisis for everybody. Looking at some of the cities, you mentioned asylum seekers, and I know that may not be a factor in kind of places in the middle of the country. Uh, it may be a, a causing more of an issue in a, a place like Toronto or Ottawa. How do asylum seekers account into the number of people in shelters or on the streets? Well, that's the thing. They just put more pressure on the system. You know, that that's really what we've seen, you know, and that's that's certainly the case in the big cities. You know, that's where the asylum seekers tend to go. They tend to go to places like Toronto, Ottawa, you know, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, the big cities, Montreal, you know, and, and in Toronto, the mayor there, Olivia Chow, she wrote, she wrote this pleading letter to the federal government. I think it was back in November and just pleading for help with dealing with all the asylum seekers, the city's seeing. And, and, you know, she said that, uh, something like one third of the city's shelter spaces were occupied by refugees. You know, the city has something like 11,000 shelter spaces, but, you know, better than 3,500 were occupied by uh, refugees. And the same things happened in Ottawa. Here, you know, there was a survey done last year and something like 40% of the shelter spaces were taken up by refugees. And so here, like Ottawa, you know, what, what, what the city ended up doing was just opening more and more shelters. We opened up a, a new shelter at a hockey rink to it, community centers and one in an old federal government building. And that's what we've done here. But, but a lot of cities just can't keep pace. And then when it comes to housing in general, like we've seen costs rise over the last few years. And I know that factors into it. Is it, a, is it more that the cost of housing is, is exacerbating the problem or the availability of housing? As you mentioned, we've had foreign students, we've had asylum seekers, we've, you know, population growth in general. The fact that we don't have adequate housing numbers to account for those additional people, is is that something that that helps exacerbate it more than the cost? Or does that contribute to cost, which then contributes to the ability for people to afford housing? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's a complicated issue. So, so certainly the, just the value of housing now has become an important factor, you know, because as, as the housing market has gone up and up and up, people who have invested in housing are looking to extract value out of that investment. And so it means that, you know, people who have, you know, might be now renting, you know, um, an old house or a rooming house, operating an old house or rooming house, renting it out. Now they can make a lot of money by converting that to an Airbnb or putting it on the market as a single family unit. So a lot of those people at the bottom of the housing ladder get knocked out. And, and that's really, you know, one of the, the things that has happened by virtue of the fact that housing has become so valuable. People can make mo more money by doing something different with their housing assets. And, and looking at kind of the government approach to housing, what are various levels of government trying to do to address affordability when it comes to housing or even availability of housing? You know, I mean, it's really, you know, it's a supply and demand issue. Housing is a supply and demand issue. You know, like right now we just have this 
a short supply and a huge demand for housing. And, you know, the, the uh, CMHC, the federal government estimates that we're something like 3.5 million, we need something like 3.5 million more homes in Canada to make the market rational. And that that's a huge number, you know. So, so the government is really trying to increase supply. Like that's that's really what it's trying to do at this point in all levels of governments, you know, all levels of government. Cities, for instance, cities like Ottawa, you know, they're lifting zoning restrictions to make multi-unit buildings uh, more viable in residential neighborhoods. You know, before we used to have restrictive zoning that would prevent that kind of thing. The province and a lot of cities are getting rid of that so you can add more density. Provinces like BC uh, are trying to keep more affordable housing on the market by limiting um, things like Airbnb, you know, so they're trying to impose new rules on people who would convert to Airbnb by uh, making rules that allow only those people to rent out rooms in their own house become eligible for that kind of market. You know, and then the federal government is, is pouring big money into trying to increase the supply. Like they've launched this national housing strategy, 10-year, $82 billion plan. And, you know, they want to create 160,000 new affordable units. Um, so, so there's a lot being done on that supply side of things. Um, the demand side, you know, the government is starting to, to look at that. The, the federal government recently announced that it's going to curtail the number of international students uh, being allowed into Canada. And that's obviously trying to, to lessen the demand for affordable and, and rental housing. We'll be right back. Looking at the issue on the ground, there are people in, in various segments of the country who say these encampments pose a safety issue. In Edmonton, there are overdoses, addiction issues are prevalent, there are fires, there's concerns about violence, there are questions as to whether there are gangs infiltrating these, is, these encampments. Is that the case in other cities as well? It, does the safety argument come up as much? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, trying to stay warm in a tent in Canada is a dangerous business. Like that's just the plain fact of the, of the matter. You know, most of these people, the, the camps that I went to, people are using propane heaters, tent stoves, candles, trying to stay warm. You know, and, and when you layer on top of, of that enterprise, you know, the opioid crisis, it's just a dangerous situation. And I, you know, there there have been fires all over the place in, in, in tent cities. You know, a man died in Vancouver on Christmas morning trying to cook himself breakfast. Uh, there was another man in, in St. John, New Brunswick. Um, this guy, Pete MacArthur, he's 44. He died trying to save his friends from an encampment fire. Um, you, you know, in Gatineau, just across the river from where I am in Ottawa here, there were encampment fires there and, and uh you know, a couple of overdose deaths. And that that's what really led a local businessman there to set up this very, you know, quite large tent encampment. You know, he, he bought all of these fishing tents that were better built for the winter and, and supplied them himself or his company, Devcor, uh, to this group of homeless people. And, and you know, it's definitely made their lives safer, but there's no doubt it's just, it's a dangerous enterprise. 
Is there a common approach to addressing encampments across the country? I know in Edmonton and Alberta in general, but the focus has really been on Edmonton, um, where they've done kind of big sweeps. They've dismantled encampments that are considered, quote unquote, at risk or or, uh, a safety issue. And they've tried to redirect people to kind of provincial centers to, to help help get them connected with, with resources or support. Are, are other cities taking a similar approach? Are we seeing people or governments tear down encampments and try and direct people either into shelters or into other services? Yeah. I mean, that's been one of the things that's really been interesting to watch. You know, cities, cities are in a tough spot because they're, they're really the ones that are holding the bag for, you know, everyone's collective failure on, on homelessness. So, you know, there's no civic leader that wants you know, these tent encampments to become permanent, you know, to be a blight on their parks and their neighborhoods. But at the same time, you know, they don't want, they don't want people dying on their streets. And so there's really been, you know, kind of two approaches. Like I think Hamilton and London kind of represent this one approach, you know, it's, it's what they would call a human rights approach to the problem. And in Hamilton, they only allow five tents in any one location and they've been supplying them with, you know, access to toilets and water and garbage collection, mental health services, that kind of thing. And, and that's the same basic approach they've taken in London. You know, in a place like Peterborough, they've, they've tried to build these modular homes for people. They built 50 little tiny homes, about 107 square feet each. And, um, you know, built this little tiny home community on the edge of downtown. Um, you know, Cornwall, they've, they've managed to find space in their retirement homes for people. But then, you know, I, I think the problems are bigger in the big cities like, you know, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, Edmonton. They've all had to clear encampments because they've just got so big uh, and so dangerous. You know, I, Vancouver obviously had a real problem and, you know, they're they're tent city, you know, was sprawling over several city blocks. So uh, they had to get rid of it. But of course, every time you clear out an encampment, there's controversy. And uh, obviously, that's what you've seen in Edmonton. Well, yeah, in, in Edmonton, the, you know, uh, kind of leads to my next question. The, these issues tend to wind up in court. And in Edmonton, we saw a judge throw out a lawsuit against the city over its homeless encampment policy. But more because it was felt that the organization suing the city didn't have appropriate standing in the community. Um, what are we seeing elsewhere when it comes to the the courts? Cause I assume that that's where some of these, these policies wind up going. Yeah, you're right. I think that's where we'll see policy shaped probably in the next couple of years. You know, last year in Kitchener, there was a court case where the city went to a judge asking the judge to, approve one of these evictions of a, of a tent city, about 70 tents or so. And the judge said, no, he said, uh, you know, the eviction would violate the campers charter rights because Waterloo didn't have, uh, enough shelter space to accommodate the people that would be evicted. And, and that decision was really similar to ones that we've seen in BC where they've said basically the same thing that, you know, cities can't evict tent dwellers unless they have, what's been described as available and accessible shelter spaces. And, you know, they're calling it the right to shelter yourself, the right to shelter. And so, so that's a big thing because, you know, the BC government 
in December, late last year, they uh, kind of went a step further and basically entrenched, entrenched that idea in, in, in legislation. But the municipal governments in BC really don't like that idea because, you know, they think it's going to hamstring their ability to deal with these encampments when they start to grow out of control. And so, so the Union of BC Municipalities has asked the province to, to withdraw that legislation. It hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say it'll make it virtually impossible to clear these camps because the shelter system is so overcrowded, it could never meet the, the legal conditions necessary. When we look at solutions to the problem, I know that there are many people who talk about a need for more affordable housing spaces, a need for more shelter space. Are authorities in Canada looking elsewhere? Are there other countries that Canada is looking to to try and find solutions here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of housing advocates that point to Finland. And, you know, it's a really... Finland uses this model called housing first. And it's it's basically this philosophy that says that for the chronically homeless, you have to put them in a home first before you try to treat their addiction problem or their mental health problem. That you have to solve that basic issue they have with homelessness before you try to address the other ones that they have. And so Finland really invested big in in that idea back in about uh, 2008. And at the time they had, you know, there's something like 20,000 homeless people in in Finland. It's a country of about 5.5 million. And they, they transformed their, their homeless shelters into housing. You know, they made that into supportive housing. They, offered rent subsidies to people. They, you know, uh, built more supportive housing to, to help people who needed assistance with daily living. Uh, you know, they created an office for people where they could go if they were about to lose their, their home. And so they really invested heavily in the idea of housing first. And, and it worked, you know, they, they managed to basically eliminate people sleeping rough in the country. You know, there's still homeless people, but but almost no one sleeps rough. And, you know, so a lot of people point to that as a possible solution for Canada. But but the problem is, you know, is, is that Finland has a lot of history with social housing and their cities control a lot of the land. A city like Helsinki, for instance, would control like 70% of the land in the city. And so that makes it much easier to develop social housing. And, and it's it's much more complicated in Canada because you have these three levels of government. And and the fundamental problem here is that we just don't have enough housing. We don't have enough affordable housing, not enough subsidized housing, not enough supportive housing. And and it's really hard to, you know, embrace a housing first model when we don't have the housing first. Mm-hmm. Well, I know it's something that, that will be continued to be debated across the country, um, and I appreciate the reporting that you've done to kind of shine a, a bit more of a light on the issue for people to get a sense of what's going on across Canada. Andrew, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox, theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Andrew Duffy. You can read more from him and more on this project at ottawacitizen.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.